1: Monday Distillery is a new age beverage company revolutionising the way we look at having a night out with friends. They make sophisticated, non alcoholic beverages that are sugar free and full of social graces. Now you can enjoy a good time, love what you drink, and love yourself the next day too. Stay high in spirits, keep a clear mind. Cheers to Monday. Are you sick of feeling controlled by alcohol? Do you want to drink less? Do you wake up on a Sunday morning feeling really anxious and full of regret? I'm Danny Carr, and welcome to my podcast, How I Quit Alcohol. Hi, and welcome back to How I Quit Alcohol. Today we are joined by my lovely husband, Ash Grimwald. He's on tour, so we are zooming. Hey Ash.
2: Hello, how are you going?
1: I'm great. How's tour?
2: It's good. I'm um, down uh, near Avoca Beach, Copacabana Beach, just checking the surf and on my way to do my last two gigs in Sydney. So it's been a really uh, kind of whirlwind tour, but pretty cool, pretty old school, getting a few waves in and just gigging hard solo. Yeah, playing to audiences that are sort of chilled out, always playing to a couple of really drunk people. Um, so <laughs> I always got, got a little bit of research And uh, my findings are generally the same. Uh, Well I've got to say, (laughs) oh, well, you know, people make absolute idiots of themselves when they're too drunk. (laughs) You always have those. (laughs) It's always a woman Mm -hmm. of a certain age who turns at the end. (laughs) Sometimes it's a guy. I don't know. I seem to get these ladies that get a bit narky at the end of the
1: Um, night sometimes. I reckon I've been that woman. Uh,
2: (laughs) uh, Uh. I think the the guys are somewhere else, those ones that turn and start fighting. Uh, But, you know, the other thing about it is um, I often play to people who are drinking away, having a good time. You know, I'll never be the one to sort of judge. I don't want to fall into that thing. Um, So I still have fun and even have fun, as I say, when people are a bit tipsy and they're, They're having a good time. It's just a bit tedious when they turn, but that's all right.
1: Does it ever trigger you, like when you see people having fun, in inverted commas?
2: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But, I mean, you know, the people, it was really young bar staff last night and they were all having a shot at the end of the night when everyone was gone. (laughs) And, um, you know, I could tap into the energy of how excited they were that they were going to do that but it never feels like it never feels like I wish I was doing that it helps being a bit older I think in my mind I often especially don't judge young people for having their time of like of they're having fun and they're doing whatever they're doing and it's it's really only a problem if it's a problem you know so I feel pretty at ease with that and I never want to feel, fall into that category of starting to judge people because that'll be boring
1: yeah, totally. Mm. Um, yeah, I feel the same. I can't. Be, I couldn't, yeah. I mean, how could we judge people anyway when we've been there ourselves?
2: <laughs> yeah, that <sighs> would be very ironic. Yeah.
1: It would seem a bit weird. So the reason I wanted to get you in today is to talk about the webinar, which I did last week, which was on dealing with triggers over the Christmas period. I know this can be a really triggering time for people. Yeah, so I did a, it was only a small webinar, but it was really good. I loved the people that joined and they had some, great questions and it was fantastic Um, and we covered a a myriad of different things that might trigger people but I Mm. know before I went into the webinar I called you on the phone and we were talking about triggers and you had a really great insight which was a trigger is only a problem if you let it be a problem and um, Mm. I wanted to talk a bit more about that today so could you share, share that insight
2: yeah, I, I think um, context is really important in the context of triggers. Like it was good to do something on triggers and I'm sure that was very helpful for people. But um, yeah, just to be aware before we even talk about the actual triggers, just what context that you give triggers is really important. I know for me, when I first quit, I I work in a trigger bound industry, being a professional musician who gets given drinks on the rider. I have to say no to drinks every day of my life when I'm on the road. So, when we first made that commitment to quit, that was really good because I was thrown into, as we would have said on the podcast before, you know, I was playing wineries and breweries and it was the festive season, you know, being the first of January. So, it was Triggersville. So, yeah. I feel lucky that I had no choice to, to sort of, uh, get away from those triggers I had to deal with them on day one that I quit alcohol having had a life of drinking before every gig then I had to deal with that straight away so I got an insight into how to do that and I think it's the context like you can say that you feel a little triggered or you know for example it might be a hot day and that's when you used to have a beer you know but there's a difference between feeling a little bit triggered and going, oh, that reminds me of something I used to enjoy with alcohol. There's mm. a big difference between feeling that feeling and going, oh, that's interesting, observing it, maybe talking to another sober buddy about it and having mm. a, almost a lighthearted laugh about it rather than be like, oh, I almost caved. You know, That's the thing that I want to sort of stress, that you need to sort of try and keep a light heart and know that if you're triggered, that's fine it's it's never that you're going to cave it's not it's not something that the more sorry you feel for for yourself when you're triggered or you when you say that you're triggered the more likely you are to cave you need to have a sort of a positive maintain a positive sort of attitude towards it so that you can say say to yourself my best way of describing it is to say to yourself that it's easy Mm. and you know that in reality sometimes it's actually quite challenging but Still within that, it's still easy to not put the drink to your lips and imbibe the contents of the bottle. Um, so just to say, keep saying to yourself that it's easy because it's as hard or as easy as you decide that it is. And if you make one commitment to just go right, not doing it, then you can make it a lot easier for yourself down the track by not sort of creating extra suffering when you're feeling a bit triggered.
1: Mm. We talked about that in the webinar, was keeping a light heart about it all. It's also to do with your level of commitment, like how committed are you mm. to this sobriety journey that you're going on? And then once yeah. you've got that level of commitment, you know, up to at least a 10 out of 10 or a 12 out of 10, but then just keeping it super light hearted. So when people start offering you a offering you a drink rather than going to this big spiel about, oh, woe is me, I can't drink. You know, just keep, no thanks, you know, and then just quickly change the subject and just be really um, almost flippant about it.
2: Yeah, totally. And um, also, like, uh, we've talked on the podcast a lot about the importance of identity, Um, Mm. changing your identity, and that doesn't happen when you first quit if you've been a really big drinker. But the quicker you can do that, the less suffering you'll experience. So if you can go, I know we didn't manage to do this absolutely straight away, and it, it's a bit of a tall order to do it straight away. But if you can do it, it's awesome. If you can turn to a non-drinker in your mind straight away, you'll experience actually no suffering at all. Mm. The quicker you can turn to a non-drinker, the less suffering you'll experience. So you know, I remember hearing hearing my sound guy say, I think we were doing and we were doing some supports for Barnesy. So it was a very beer drinking kind of context. And they're like, I heard them saying, what does Ash want? You know, and often it would be so much alcohol that would be sitting there. And I heard my sound guy go, oh no, Ash doesn't drink. And mm. I was like, wow, that's right. <laughs> I don't drink. And it's not a big deal. <laughs> like if they asked me at that time, I would have had some big long spiel that they never even cared about <laughs> yeah. um, to tell them. And just to hear my sound guy say that, I was like, wow, it's just really not a big deal.
1: It, it doesn't sort of, have
2: to be a big deal.
1: Did it feel kind of empowering too? Just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Do
2: you know it what It mean? does make me feel like that now. Then it was actually a spin out. But like, mm. uh, or, or just it was, a, it was an epiphany at that moment, really. And just to go, wow, you know what? You could not drink. You know, like in life, some people drink, some people don't. You know, it's not a big deal. But like mm. us, when we're drinkers, it starts to become a bigger deal. It wasn't even a big deal to start with sometimes. But then after a while, when you just can't imagine not drinking, Mm -hmm. the reason for that is on the level of identity, you've become a drinker and somehow something deep down that you think is cool (laughs) is wrapped up in that. When you let go of that identity, it's awesome because you're a lot more than a drinker actually if you're quitting drinking you quit for a reason so and that's the thing i'd like to say to people like you need to remember that you you're quitting for a reason so mm-hmm. stick with it and do it do it happily because or you can go back through another cycle if you want <laughs> yeah of the shit that got you here
1: <laughs> exactly yeah there's one thing that I talked about in the webinar last week too and that was remembering your why remembering why you're doing it so even thinking about that before you're going into the situation you know it's like I don't drink because of this reason I don't drink because it doesn't serve me or I don't drink because I can't stop or I don't drink because of my kids or whatever the reason is keep that really strong in your mind if someone offers you a drink or if there's one one of my coaching clients, I've got her to wrap a little piece of red cotton around her wrist, just so it's mm. a remind's her little reminder, that's her why. And so she's yeah. out, you know, she's just got that little red and she can sort of touch it and feel it. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember, you know, this is why I'm not doing it. And so that's just her little reminder as 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 to why. So that's a really important factor and remembering where that one drink leads to. You're not drunk until you have that first
2: drink. Totally. Uh, If you're a drinker and, you know, you are, you have quit for a reason, you know, we know that one drink does lead to a whole lot of things that you decided that you don't want. And it's Mm. very easy to just forget all of that in the moment. And that's why I think um, journaling is really important. You know, your playbook for quitting alcohol that we worked on is awesome people should uh, should get into that and get that but otherwise they can just journal what are some what are some things that people could do over the um, festive season to keep them kind of primed
1: yeah well definitely journaling was one thing that we talked about as well in the webinar uh, because some of the people had been sober for some time but didn't have a journaling practice and I know to some people they think oh journaling you know I used to think that as well but it doesn't have to be this big long you know you don't have to write 10 chapters or an essay or anything like that, it can simply be one line, you know, and that's, that also goes back to that book we were talking about a few weeks ago, tiny habits, just by starting one small little habit. So it might just be one thing you're grateful for one thing. and, And that also usually tends to lead to more lines, but even if you can only get down one line a day, that's fine. Even if it's just one line on why you're not doing it, why you're choosing not to drink, or it might be an affirmation or anything like that just to, start that process going but journaling is super important and it just helps set up your mindset and that's why we have the playbook because there's all this there's prompts for gratitudes and affirmations and things like that I love the whole thing now and I do you know substantial journal entry every morning now but it's just so good to keep your mind on track and you know you know you've got your why there you've got your affirmations and it's really transformative so that is mm. one thing i definitely recommend to people to start to do going into this festive season.
2: Yeah, so I reckon um maybe even if they said okay, if over the festive season they're worried about being triggered, one thing you could do is just write, you know, your top 3 why's, 3 why on on a blank piece of paper, 3 why's that you're quitting alcohol every day, even if you don't think you need to throughout the festive season and that will put some wind in your sails because you remember <laughs> why you're on this this quest, why are you doing it? Because like, say, I always want to quit sugar. And then the moment I'm I'm on tour and I'm in front of a donut, I forget all the reasons (laughs) and I just get it. Um, Mm. so I need to start doing a why for donuts, (laughs) but
1: but also your why is not just, so say it's with alcohol. It's not just, I want to quit alcohol because I drink too much. Like think about what quitting alcohol means to you. So it could be, I want to quit so that I can feel more confident so that I can go for a better job or I can, um, meet new people or find that person I want to be in a relationship with, or, you know, that could Mm. be your why it's not just like, I want to quit alcohol, yeah, because I drink too much. There's got to be more to it. So think about what you minus the alcohol looks like and think about that and conjure up that person and get that down onto paper. And also there's something about getting things down onto paper which helps solidify it in, as well in your subconscious. And you 100%. can you see it on the paper. It's like it's almost happening. It becomes more real.
2: And and I think for people like what you said, that now you're getting to the fun bit. Um, mm. What people who are just starting to quit alcohol and contemplating, it seems like this big Mount Everest that they need to get over. What they're not realizing is on the other side of that is so much awesomeness because life, if you've been drinking too much or binge drinking and it's got a bit out of control, when you quit that, you take the rocks out of your backpack and you just start to take off and you don't realize how in the areas of life that you're trying to achieve in, you will get so much better because there's nothing holding you back like there was. And and you were actually doing quite well before because you were getting through life and you had this, these rocks in your backpack. So, you know, the future, I can honestly say that the future is bright for you if you are quitting. So just remember the good news of that. You're giving yourself something positive. Mm. You know, you might find a few triggers over the festive season, but, Every time you say no to them and stay on your path, you're actually gaining something. You're not losing something. The thing that you're quitting, that's something you wanted to quit for good reason. So it's a really positive thing. And I think that's been the theme of what we've talked about in this podcast that people need to remember. It's going to be a fun, positive thing. And just, yeah, keep it like that in your mind.
1: I mean, I can't stress that enough to people. Uh, you know, I went and saw somebody the other day who was having a, a fairly decent old rock bottom moment and, and still not wanting to let go of the alcohol, even though the reason that rock bottom was happening was because of alcohol. And it, it's like, oh, if only I could give you this crystal ball. And I guess we are the crystal ball, and especially for people who know us too, that it is so possible and life gets so good and the, like, yeah, this, we're not lying. No, <laughs> it's we're, awesome. I'm, we're not even here for fun.
2: <laughs> Cause yeah. you
1: know, I, yeah. But the reasons why the, if you're drinking to that level where you're waking up and feeling like, fuck, you know, I've got to change or I'm hating myself or who is this person? This is not how I want to be. Then you are that, per- you are that person that can then go on and go, okay, this has to go and I can make the decision, but don't keep, you know, if you just keep on doing it, you're just repeating the same old pattern. And it's only you that can make that choice to mm. get yourself out of that. And it's only you that it, can decide it, you're captain of your ship. I say that all the time on the Insta, but you are the captain. So you have to be in charge and say, no more, that's enough. Like I'm going to start serving myself and loving myself and giving this shit, which is poison. As Tony Robbins says, Alcohol's poison. Don't do it. And I've said,
2: Yeah. Could I just go back to one thing you said about somebody you were talking to who they were at rock bottom. They were still sort of protecting alcohol. That goes back to that thing where that we said way back at the start, which for me was personally probably the epiphany that changed everything for me is blame alcohol. Mm. You blame yourself. You blame the people around you. You blame the triggers. You blame everything else. But they're not the thing that got you drunk. It was alcohol. Yeah. They're yeah. not the thing that got you regretting anything in the morning. It was alcohol. Mm. So keep on blaming alcohol. Don't let alcohol slip into the, uh, the little category of saying, oh, it's not me. It's just you. It's just you can't handle it. Mm. <laughs> can't handle what? Alcohol.
1: That's why there's so much shame associated with alcohol too because people think it's them. They think it's oh, it's it's because I I'm not strong enough to control it or it's got the better of me. It's just all because of me, and they don't realise that it's that it's just alcohol. And without it,
2: yeah. none of it's possible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, and even
2: the people who blame others, they oh, blame yeah. others, but they don't blame alcohol. they yes. still don't blame alcohol. It will it will never be the trigger. It's not the trigger. It's it's alcohol. <laughs> mm. So yeah, that's it's it, while we're doing a triggers episode, it's just interesting to remember and keep keep blaming alcohol for alcohol related problems. Yeah. It totally. sounds funny. It sounds funny, but people who are addicted to it, they never they never blame the obvious.
1: Yeah. No. Um, and that's the other thing. So going into situations where you could be like, Oh my god, you know, all these people were drinking around me, so I had to drink that's just You not being prepared enough. So being prepared is another way of dealing with the triggers. So one thing is knowing your why, like going into the situation, knowing your why. Early on, I used to visualise myself as a non-drinker, and I remember I used used to do that with smoking before I quit smoking. I'd imagine myself in situations not smoking, and. Learning from that, I'd do the same thing with alcohol really early on, especially if we were going to be going to, say, a big gig that you had on or if there was something on or if I was going to be around a lot of people I didn't know very well because that would usually be my cue to drink. So I would imagine myself being there, sober, confident, talking to people, and just having that really strong visual. And they say that if you visualize something, you're 35, 35% chance of succeeding just from visualizing it. So that's a really good totally. tactic. Yep. Another great thing we talked about in the podcast as well, which is fairly obvious, but some people forget, is just arming yourself with non-alcoholic drinks. So like yep. it's different for every, and I just did a post about this the other day and put something out in the blog or the newsletter about alcohol free or the alcohol replacement drinks, you know, like the alcohol free wines or beers and things like that. And it's not for everyone. And I totally get that. And if you're in AA or some kind of rehab program, definitely not. Or if you've been a daily drinker or have had a big physical addiction to it, I wouldn't recommend them at all. But if you're more of the binge drinker, the social drinker, that kind of thing, just arm up with, Like there's some awesome alcohol-free beers, wines. We've got the Monday Distillery people for the spirits, gin and tonics, Mm. things like that. And there's a whole range of things. You don't even have to go down the alcohol-free beers and things like that. You could go for, say, Etch Sparkling or the Osun Sparkling or just pimping up your kombucha, soda water. But be prepared. So go there with your six-pack of whatever it is. And Mm. just having something in your hand really helps. Mm. Um, Cause it's nice know.
2: to have something to drink as yeah. like when you're doing something social, sometimes it's nice to just sip away at something, you know, you know, that's... that's why people smoke. If you're in a habit of smoking, it's nice to have something to puff away on. If you're in the absence of that, it's good to have something there that you can just sip when you're there. Everybody else is sipping alcohol. It mm. is good to have something to sip away at
1: it just sort of makes you feel not so self-conscious too. It gives you something there to hold in your hand. But also we were talking in the webinar, some two of the people said um, about the hot weather coming on and how that's a trigger, just the sheer fact of the warm weather. It makes you want a beer or it makes you want a cider. And I remember as well, three o'clock, I'd always want a cider at around about three o'clock. And I realized that was the time of day that my sugar and just my energy would go into a lull. So I would, Then at those times, just make a really nice kombucha or something like that, but still go sit down. So say you get home and you'd normally pour yourself a beer and then you go sit down outside or you sit in the garden or you go whatever it is that you do. Still do that routine, but just take the alcohol out of the equation. But have a really beautiful drink, something really nice, and if it is an alcohol-free beer, go for that. Or whatever it is that you want to drink, but still go and do that thing that you used to do. So go and yeah, sit down and relax and take a few deep breaths. A lot of people drink to de-stress too. So just the mere fact of taking a really good inhale, exhaling for double the amount of what your inhale was, do that a few times. Just really relax and enjoy that drink. And it's almost creating a new ritual,
2: especially well said.
1: Yeah, for around that that kind of time.
2: I love that because it's, it's a shame to lose any one of the positive things that, you, that were associated with alcohol because you might find that all of the good stuff was in there anyway.
0: Mm. You,
2: just take, you just take the alcohol out of the equation, but don't miss out on whatever else was good about that sitch. So that's mm. a really good point.
1: I know a lot of smokers have that where they feel like they wouldn't get a break from work if they didn't go and smoke. So Mm. what I I tend to advise people if I'm talking to someone about something like that is to still go and sit down. But what you're going to do instead is take some really beautiful, long, deep breaths, like I was just saying. And, you know, or it's whether you go and sit down somewhere else, somewhere new away from the smokers and you have a beautiful cup of tea. Whatever it is, but you still have some kind of ritual. So I think that's a really good thing to do as a hot weather trigger. And just, yeah, make something a little bit sugary if it has to be. Or I used to get the elderberry flower cordial and put that in some soda water. Mm. Um, and still often do that in the summer months when it's really hot, especially where we live. And that was a really good thing. So
2: something fizzy, something fizzy is always great because that's some of the senses too. You know, I think fizzy is good because you can't, uh, there's something about that. It makes it more something that you savor. You don't scull something fizzy. Mm. So it's more something you drink a bit slower.
1: What do you think of this one too? One of the guys, um, it's actually someone that we both know, Ash, but he was in the webinar and hes he's got a building company and has a lot of guys working for him. And so he's got the responsibility now of throwing the work parties and he's not drinking. So mm. for him, that was kind of interesting because it's like how – how to get through that, which I gave the same advice of just having heaps of alcohol-free drinks there. I mean, mm. I, I also had the suggestion, maybe it's a bit late now, but maybe next year doing something completely different, might be something more outdoorsy um, rather than just going to an apartment and everyone getting smashed up there. Like they could possibly do something that's still cool, but just a bit different. Maybe all go skydiving or I don't know, but just doing different
2: things yeah totally and that is that's a really great point wherever possible with this stuff I mean I guess silly season you know we're talking about triggers you might find yourself in the same in those contexts where you need to take your alcohol-free drinks well well, the first thing I want to say about that is you're still probably going to want to exit early ish (laughs) you don't want to be sticking around all night while people get marauding drunk Uh, it's boring anyway Don't pressure yourself too much to be exactly the same as you were the the year before. You know, like you don't you don't have to be dancing on tabletop sober or uh, or doing. Come on, of course you do. (laughs) You can can be (laughs) if that's what you want to do, but don't don't pressure yourself to be exactly the same as you were before. Because you know that's the other part of it. Things are gonna things are gonna change a bit. You know, some things that you used to do with drinking when you're not drunk you realize oh as a sober person these these things are boring so like you you might do less time at a party for example that's a great one that i think that happens for most people
1: that's one thing that we talked about too and we have talked about it before on the podcast is setting a time limit saying okay i'll come but i can only come for an hour and then you just say make up a bullshit excuse as to why i got out get out there i remember lucy one of our other podcast guests would like oh i can't because the queen's coming (laughs) (laughs) whatever there is you know like i can't my you know gotta get my dog from the vet. whatever just lie if you have to but get yourself out of there and have your exit clause so that you and then you know when the time's up particularly if it's if it's going to be a real struggle just like i can stay for an hour that's it. And then I've got to go and watch the clock and then get the hell out of there. I also think too, like moving around the room and talking to different people, keeping yourself busy like that. Also too, another thing we spoke about was keeping yourself busy at the party. So offer to help. That was another little piece of advice from Lucy. Again, one of the other podcast guests that we had on Lucy Slater, she will go and offer herself up at at the party to the host to help. So keeping herself busy was a really good thing she did early on so yeah yeah Yeah,
2: that's true too that's good
1: (laughs) another big one obviously is dealing with people who you would see like say family if your family are big drinkers or your social group of big drinkers and then you get the come on what's wrong with you just have one come on one's not gonna hurt what's your take on that yeah
2: and i think that oh my take is is exactly what we did which is you keep a light heart. Don't take it to heart that they're saying that they're not trying to derail you. They just want you to join in on what they think is fun. And they might be, you know, really bad with alcohol themselves, or they might not be, you know, it might be that they're not that bad with alcohol, but they want you to, and they don't fully understand why you've quit. You don't have to make them understand that. Just don't be too serious about it. Just be lighthearted and um, just go, no, you know, you can just briefly have a quick standard sentence that explains it, and just change it to change the vibe around. Don't get stuck on those things. That's that would be my advice for those kind of triggers. We did that, and it was it was easy, and we could say it was hard. You know, it wasn't that hard. There's a lot of things harder in the world. <laughs>
1: Getting your eyeballs ripped out by a-
2: <laughs> that's hard.
1: That's hard. <laughs> But saying no to alcohol yeah, no, is not that hard, really. It's no, its not. No. And it's, as long as you're prepared and, again, it's like, what's your commitment? Like if you're only half on the fence, well, you know, you know what's going to happen. If you go there really committed and you really want this and you really want this for yourself, then you're going to stay on track. But if you're yep. going to go in looking for excuses, and that can be the other thing. I hate to say it, but I'm just going to be brutal here. The people who are using everyone else as an excuse or this is the trigger or they made me do it. But there are people, sorry, you're only half on the fence. You're not really. And at at the end of the day too, you do have to dig in a bit, especially at this time of year. Like it is like, there will be a time when you'll go, shit, shit. (laughs) This is hard, but that's okay. Like it's okay. It's fine. The fact that it's
2: hard isn't hard. That's what I like to, you Mm. don't create the double suffering, you know, like say it is a bit difficult one day. Yeah, but that's easy. (laughs) <laughs> that's how mm. I like to try and look at it. It's a little bit of a mind trick you play with yourself, you know? And you don't have to challenge. make the fact that it's hard, hard. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm rising to this challenge. And you're going to feel awesome in the morning.
1: Remember this, Ash, when we went, it was early on, it was probably only been quick for six weeks. And we went out for dinner back in Bali, because so we're living in Bali at the time, we'd come home to Bali. And remember, we went down to Coup d'etat, it's a really beautiful restaurant. Upstairs there with the white tablecloths and they had their beautiful wines and things like that. And I remember that just going, Shit, shit, shit. (laughs) That was really hard. And remember, we both felt quite triggered, but we just got the soda, we stuck to it. No, we're not doing it. Let's let's stick to our guns here. And remember how we felt when we left? We felt so clear and clean, not fuzzy. Remember? It was
2: bizarre. And (laughs) I gotta say, you know we would have been jumping on our scooter or in our car mm. and um, that's pretty bad to say now, but like um, we would have been used to having a buzz when we, we were jump operating that equipment.
1: That fuzzy, but, yeah. not very clear. feel. And I remember just stepping out of that restaurant and going, wow, we did it. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And,
2: and this is bizarre. I feel really good. It almost <laughs> felt like a drug, I a, a drug called straighties. Or something. I, oh, I had a straighty, a popped straighty.
1: It's so weird, like, coming home and getting home that night and having a, I think we had a cup of tea and, you know, I washed my face mm. and we brushed our teeth or whatever and you just go to bed feeling like, oh, my God, wow, okay. Chatting and then,
2: away and then <laughs> off to bed. Yeah.
1: Not fighting, so you know, we didn't have a drunk fight or anything like that or nothing <laughs> bad and woke up feeling amazing. The next day, which leads me to the next thing, another great thing to do is set something up, like, so if you've got an event or something, a gathering or whatever it is, or even if it's just you're starting off on this sober journey now, setting something up in the morning, like early morning. So I'm talking like get a sober friend or organise with a friend to go for a surf or a run or a sunrise, like walk or swim, yoga, something at like 5.30 in the morning, which sounds pretty tough. But if you've committed to that, especially if you've made a commitment with somebody else, that could be another great reason to say, Oh, I can't stay too long. I've got to get up and do this in the morning and do something that's fun. Like not something that you think is a drag in the morning, but something that you can really look forward to in the morning. And that feels really good too.
2: But something that you often, you know, most people would have this, a lot of people, not everyone, but like um, something that you actually are into that you've actually been missing out on because of alcohol. A lot of people do fall in something you used to do when you were younger and a lot of people can think of things like that and just really throw yourself into it, get into it. And I wasn't going to say that before, you know, one of the changes that might happen is you, and this reduces triggers a lot, you're not such a nighttime person anymore. You're actually a bit more of a mornings and daytime person. So when you meet people and friends and stuff, you might catch up doing a com- common interest or catch up for coffee rather than actually be in that old context. And that happens pretty naturally. But I would say to people really embrace that, like what you're saying, you know, actually push it a little bit and really throw yourself into those things. Because as we've said a million times on this um, podcast, you know, nature doesn't like a vacuum. So don't leave an alcohol shaped hole in your life. You know, get don't do everything exactly the same as you did it before have the advantages of not drinking you know do different things do more morning things like you say more day things and um really enjoy getting into that so much so that you're like oh my god this is awesome i don't i'm so glad i'm not hung over now
1: i know because like every morning i try and get down for the sunrise on our local beach here and it, there's not i've never regretted that not ever Ever have I got down there and thought, "Well, shit, I wish I wasn't here." I you know hate that
2: shit sunrise. <laughs> God, I
1: hate myself. God, what have you done? You know, there's, you know, and that, so that also is the next thing of congratulating yourself. So remember to congratulate yourself. So whether it's saying no to the drink, or you got home and you got through it, you didn't drink, or you got yourself up early in the morning to go and do something else, or you got your alcohol-free drinks and you sat on those all night and had a lovely time, congratulate yourself. That's really, really mm. important is to yeah, totally. always be congratulating yourself. When you go to bed that night, say, well done. Well done, self. And then in the next morning, when you get up, there, let the first thing that comes into your mind and bring a smile to your face and just think, shit, well done. I did it. And that well, I think, makes I think you, you can feel so it, good. Yeah, go. I was just going to say, yeah, it just that, makes you feel really good. You get endorphin releases. and
2: it, Well, it's a little affirmation and it's a little bit of self-talk. Your self-talk has been so negative your whole life, especially if you feel bad that you've been drinking so much. So my one is a little, it's, it is the same as that, but I like to say to myself, yes. <laughs> In my head, I'm sort of like, yes. Mm. And like you say, you know, like say if you eat a sweet thing or you, you know, if you're still drinking, if you drink some alcohol, the reason you do that is because your your mind thinks on some level it's getting something and you get a little dopamine hit. Mm. And um, you need to give yourself dopamine hits for doing the things that you want, like that you mm. want yourself to be doing. So you almost need to hack your brain so that when you do the desired behavior, like, you know, whatever it is, you've got to say to yourself, yes, and then or whatever it is that makes you feel good. And then you're giving your brain that little dopamine hit that it desires. And that's how you change your behavior.
1: I mean, this is crazy too. And this is, um, this is an NLP technique, but when you are giving yourself that congratulation doing, yes, you can take it a step further. And this sounds crazy. And probably a lot of Australians will cringe at this, but really, 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 upping that. Yes. Like really like, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Have this like chariots of fire playing in your head, whatever it is, like really up the level that's sort of creates this new association too, with that behavior.
2: The more you can throw your imagination into that, the more, the better it's going to work. So whatever it is for you, yeah. um, whatever works for you that you think, if you can just hack your own psychology a little bit and say, what's going to give me the dopamine here that I mm-hmm. desire. Uh, And if you get that little dopamine hit, your brain will go, okay, file that. Let's Mm. do that again. It Mm. gives us what we're after the little hit. Um, You know, and, you know, if you are wondering about getting dopamine hits and what all that is, it's what keeps you flicking through Instagram on your phone. Um, Every technology company uses these kind of techniques to get you addicted. To apps, um, it's something that's been studied extensively and it really does work to change your behavior. So, we got to start hacking our own brains.
1: Yeah, totally. And um, I think the, in that book, Tiny Habits by BJ Fogg, he goes into a lot of that kind of stuff and the congratulations yeah. and things like that. So, that's definitely, I'll put that in the show notes. It's definitely a book worth reading.
2: Yeah, and especially like about
1: creating me. new habits.
2: Yeah, and with um, that comment that I just made about technology companies, um, the creators of Instagram actually studied under BJ Fogg. So they really understood behavior when they introduced Instagram and we know that that's very addictive. So BJ Fogg knows what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So another trigger as well can just be the fact that seeing family, you know, a lot of us... Family can be a mixed bag. It can be like, they're so beautiful. They're so wonderful. It's your family. For other people, it can be like hell on earth, <laughs> or it could just be a certain family member, you know, that causes you a lot of anxiety that you've had a fallout and things like that with them. And I know that can be worrying for people. They feel that they might need a drink to calm their nerves before going to a situation like that. And I can assure you, having had (laughs) fallouts with family members, I mean, there's a whole thing I'd like to go into further down the line on the podcast is about forgiveness, but that is part of it too, like to go into the situation. So, you know, those family members are going to be there, or, you know, those friends are going to be there that you're a bit worried about seeing. And this is one thing I learned from Wayne Dyer you know, before you go into that situation, just fill yourself up with love and literally be a beacon of love and confidence and just emanate love and send love to those people. You don't have to go up and speak to them even, or you could just go and say hi and speak to them like you would a stranger, I guess, just, Hey, how are you going? doesn't have to be a big deal. Stay away from them if you need to, but just send them love, have forgiveness in your heart, have some compassion and don't let it rattle you too much. Like the if you let people rattle you, that's it sort of gets into your insides. But if you're just going in there filled up with just white light and beautiful energy, I think you won't go in there feeling all tense and nervous and, shit, get me a drink. I know from having to have done that myself.
2: Totally. And, like, the, there's a common theme, you know, and I think that sums up this podcast is, like, being prepared and treating this as a priority like you've got to this stage for a reason you think that um, it's important that you do quit drinking then treat it as such be prepared you know don't just like hope that you're going to magically stop drinking and then if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out be prepared make it a priority and everything that that entails like you say like you can prepare by doing what you just said if it's a it's a loved one but there's a a lot of the different things we described it's under that same theme of getting out ahead of it and being prepared for what you're going to be presented with and just have that why the why that you have quit first and foremost in your mind so that you know you're ready
1: mm. again too it's about that commitment like how committed am i see if i like if i was to go into a say a family situation and then end up drinking in that situation I, I would say to myself, that was my alcoholic mind tricking me <laughs> into saying, you need a drink and this person's going to, you know, it's like, a, it's an excuse, really. That,
2: it was, is an excuse. Like, mm. any, and that's what you need to remember with all triggers. If, you, if a trigger throws you off course and gets you drinking again, it's because you were, you were looking for an excuse, you know, mm. and you need to be honest with yourself in that way. Yeah. Um, and realize, like you said before in this earlier in the podcast, you're the captain of your own ship. And if you sort of give in, it's because you wanted to give in really. So be a bit, bit firmer with yourself and um, commit to something. Don't be a dabbler. Mm. You know, just, it's, it's life is a lot more fun. You get a lot more out of it when you're not a dabbler. You know, when you actually commit to the things that you want, you know that you want them. So mm. just stick to it.
1: Yeah. And again, like we know this too, because we've been there, but also everyone that we speak to and everyone that's been on the podcast, there's not a single person that's that's ever regretted giving up drinking and every part of their life has expanded. So, you know, and look for sure, there's times where it's difficult and there's stuff that you'll have to go through. And sometimes you'll wish you had a drink to back you up there. But once you've got through that, your confidence builds because of that it's all, it's snowballs. It also, be, you know, has an accumulative nature to it too, in that things just get better and better and better and you get more and more resilient and you become unflappable. That's just what happens yeah. with it. Yeah. But you've got to do the work. You have to dig your toes in a bit and, and just do the totally. work. Totally.
2: Mm. And like, I can honestly say for me personally, as, the, as I was a really big drinker and I drank before every gig and we drank so much, but, I never miss drinking.
1: No, me either. No.
2: Yeah, it's a, definitely something that it's one of the best things I've ever done.
1: I did. I did. To be honest, I did at the start a little bit, but the the want was there. The, I didn't want any more to wake up feeling like shit. I didn't want it anymore to have those regrets and my self-esteem just going down and down and down and down. I just had enough. Mm. It's about what's more important to you. What, is it more important to... Wake up and feel good and start working on yourself and get yourself back to you know to the real authentic you, or is it more important to down a few make a dick out of yourself and feel like shit the next day <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> um yeah, and I should say with my comment there it's not that it's it's not that in the moment on a hot day you're not claiming that a cold beer wouldn't be nice. It's that on balance, you know, that drinking isn't what you're into. So I guess what I'm saying with that comment is that you're seeing the bigger picture,
0: mm.
2: you know, and you're, and you're also seeing the difference between momentary pleasure and happiness. There's a massive oh, difference. Yes. And I think maybe at the start of your life, I know I've been a fun junkie my whole life. So sometimes I got pleasure and happiness mixed up. Now I'm, I feel like I'm a lot closer to pursuing happiness greater happiness and things that contribute to that. Mm. Bar the odd donut now. That's the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) How I Quit Donuts is is the new website one day.
1: (laughs) That could be your next podcast. Get off soulful conversations. How I Quit Donuts. Yeah, yeah, I could probably do to listen to that one too. So that's really it in a nutshell. And I do also just want to talk about a three-month challenge that we've got coming up, the How I Quit Alcohol three-month challenge starting the 1st of January, 2021, super excited. Basically it's, Three months. We're going to do each person will get a one-on-one coaching session with moi. We're going to do so a group coaching call every Sunday. Probably be between you know an hour to two hours, depending on how many people and how much sharing we're going to do. And it's just going to be full of strategies how to get through. We're going to get different people in to come and talk, basically just help you to see how good it can be. And so that hopefully by the end of the three months, you're going to say, right, I'm ready. I'm ready to do another three months. I'm ready to do the whole year. Basically it's going to be more than just not drinking. It's going to be about rebuilding yourself from the inside out, which is what this whole thing is about. It's what the playbook's about. It's what all the coaching that we do, everything is about that. It's about rebuilding. So it's just three months is nothing. Three months is a very small amount of time out of your life. If you sign up, it also makes you accountable. You're going to have other people. There's going to be a private Facebook group. You're going to have a group of like-minded people in that community there to support. I'll be there to support. And I just think it's going to be really exciting. So any if, if anyone wants details on that, just head over to the show notes or go to the website, iquitalcohol.com.au. Yeah, you'll be on a few of those group coaching calls as well, won't you, Ash?
2: Yeah, it's be so awesome.
1: I'm really looking forward to that and I'm just looking forward to Leading a whole lot of you guys through, and if you know of anyone that might be interested, you know, send them over to the Insta or their website to show them and share it. And yeah, it's going to be really good. Awesome. Yeah. So um, thanks, Ash. Thanks for taking this time out of your surfing.
2: I think uh, I've lost my surf now, but that's oh, all right.
1: <laughs> sorry about that. It's for a
2: good. It's for a good cause.
1: Absolutely. I'm
2: off to off to Sydney now to do my gig.
1: Yay! You got two gigs tonight.
2: Yep. Two gigs tonight yay, and then awesome. head home.
1: Yay. Yes. We miss you.
2: I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah,
1: can't
2: wait to get back.
1: Yay. Okay. And now if anyone's got any questions as well, if they've got, you know, tricky situations coming up or if they just want, you know, a bit of extra support, feel free to email. I always get back to everybody that emails Sue or sends message. So feel free, like, We're totally open for that as well. So if you're just feeling like you need a little bit of, you know, extra help or you just want a bit of advice on something, feel free to hit me up. Love to just help out in any way possible. Just really just want to help people and just, you know, know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and you could do this because we did it.
2: Over and out. out. (laughs) See you later. Bye. Bye.